0: This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. The playlist for all the seasons of the show can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Hi, this time is good for the ghouls, crew. So, so uh, 7 to 12, uh, it's good for the ghoul. It is good for the ghoul. Or good for the gander. What's good for the ghoul is good for the gander. Well, hello, and welcome back once again to me, myself, and I, I am, as always, your intrepid GM host and player, Trevor DeVal. Thank you so much for joining. And if you want to help support the show, you can like and subscribe, or you can support us on Patreon, or go to Drive RPG and go through the links or buy some of our fancy merchandise. All that stuff is in the description below when last we were with Edbert. He had been taken captive by Vale, the Order assassin, and questioned by her. And we discovered that she um, was very interested in keeping Edward alive because she wanted to bring him to justice. She wanted to have him stand trial for the murder of her very good friend, Sherilyn. So she said. Edward found a way to escape his bonds by strangling... (laughs) the surgeon who was tending him. He didn't kill him. He just rendered him unconscious, but still. And managed to free Captain Nicola and the rest of the crew of the drunken ghoul and furnish them with weapons from the ship's locker in the middle of this raging, crazy storm that was going on. All of the crew of the Grey Mariner are frantically scurrying around trying to weather the storm and to make sure that the storm doesn't actually swamp the ship and cause it to sink. That would be bad for everybody. But in the meantime, down in the hold here, Edbert and Captain Nicola and there's Wyndham, remember him? Uh, And the rest of the crew have furnished themselves with weapons, as I said, and are preparing to launch an attack, a surprise attack from within the hold of the ship and uh, try and take the ship for themselves in the middle of the storm. It's a crazy, crazy idea. But before we get there, we have a few things to do. One, technically we have to end the previous scene, so we're going to do that. Were there any new characters? The surgeon, but he's not really going to be much of uh, a going concern. Other than that, we'll just update the thread list. So first of all, I think we had a thread list. uh, uh, We had a thread of the crew is not happy, there's spies on board, but we already resolved that. And now we need to add a new thread, which is Mutiny on the Mariner. Ooh, that's kind of neat. Mutiny on the Mariner, that's what we'll call it. In terms of the chaos factor, Edward was more or less successful in the things he did. However, the chaos of the whole situation is sufficiently chaotic to warrant the chaos factor going up to seven. I'm going to give him APs from the last session. Not a ton. I'm going to give him eight. I'm very stingy. I'm a stingy GM. I have a funny feeling (laughs) the swimming might become necessary. So I'm going to bump his swimming up from four to five, which costs him four points. So he has a two-point specialty with block right now. So I'm going to spend another two points to get it up to plus three, which puts his shield block up to ten only with a standard shield though he's got three APs left over for the expenditure of luck so we begin the scene of mutiny on the mariner with Edward about to lead along with captain nicola about to lead the crew of the drunken ghoul up through the hold of the ship and to try and overwhelm the struggling crew of the gray mariner as they they fight this storm before we do that, we do have to see if the scene is altered or interrupted. Ha <laughs> The chaos factor is seven now and oh it is not. So we go straight into the battle. Now, Edbert is standing in the hold of the ship, trying not to fall over because remember the entire ship is rolling back and forth, heaving in the waves as the storm crashes with tremendous ferocity outside. But he addresses the crew as best he can over the roar of the storm, not so loud as to gain the attention of anybody who might be listening upstairs because that would do, put the kibosh and the entire operation right out of the gate. Listen up. That storm out there is as much of a threat to us as it is to them. If it takes over the ship before we do, we're all dead. You understand? Put your man down and get on that rigging as fast as you can to try and bring this ship under control. The men looked at Captain Nicola. He, he looks at them and looks over to Edward as well, sort of nods at Edward that you Yep acquiescing to these to these orders. So this is how this is going to happen. It's kind of a series of boarding rolls, kind of like we did in the, in the ship combat a few episodes ago. So what that means is the Grey Mariner's score is seven. The Ghoul's score is five, because they were undermanned, because they lost 30% of their men. And here's the kicker. The storm also has a score. <laughs> After the results of the simultaneous roll happen, I then roll for the storm. If the storm is successful in, a, in its attack, so to speak, It does damage both to the ship and to both crews. So I'm going to basically split the score in half and allocate it as makes sense. Also, of course, Edbert is going to be able to freely act as an independent. And if he goes and is able to achieve some end that can help his side, then that side will get a bonus for the next round. So hopefully he doesn't have to fight fail again because he's still at minus one. The question I have is, is Edbert able to gain surprise in the middle of the storm. I'm gonna call this a stealth roll. It's gonna cover everybody. Edward's gonna lead it, but if he succeeds, everybody succeeds. I'm gonna give him a bonus of plus two, because of the nature of what's going on here. His stealth is seven. If he succeeds on this, then when the crew attacks, they're going to get a bonus in their first round. Does he do it? He does it just on the button. That is awesome. And it's the best he could have possibly done, which means that everybody successfully takes their position waiting. Waiting for the chance. I think Edward maybe climbs up the ladder and just, just opens the, the trap door in the floor a little bit to kind of get a sense as water is sloshing in and he can hear the cries of men and the groan and creak of the, the boards of the ship, the crack of thunder and the flash of lightning. But he seizes his moment and in that moment, ah, he says, Ada! and they are burst up from the hold of the ship. This is gonna be so chaotic and I'm just gonna have them all rush up here. Ah. So, in the first round of combat, the crew of the Mariner has only taken off for, you know, a few moments before they realize what's going on here, so it's not a huge advantage. But I'm gonna give the crew of the Drunken Ghoul uh, he succeeded so well on that stealth roll. Uh, I'm going to give him a plus two to their roll. So this is even. They're both rolling at seven. So if you recall, my little house rules here, the number you roll if you're successful is the number you immediately do damage to the enemy crew. Okay, here we go. They're both rolling on seven. The white dice is going to be for the drunken ghoul, and the black, of course, is the gray mariner, and okay, well, they both fail. Oh, well, the, the, the ghoul completely failed. But I don't think it's because of, you know, incompetence or anything. I think it's because the attack while taking the enemy crew totally by surprise. The storm is so bad that it is very very hard to land a hit. On the enemy. In fact, even Edward at one time, he goes to swing his longsword just as a wave smashes into the side of the ship, causing him to stumble and miss. So there's a lot of that going on. And in the meantime, I think maybe a massive wave is coming over the side. And does the storm do any damage? The storm attacks on six this round. It does not. So the wave smashes into the side of the ship, causing everybody to kind of stumble on not any landed effective attacks or anything like that, but it doesn't damage the ship. Okay, that was the first round, so really nothing done, just a clash of arms, the screaming of men, the, the, the smashing of water into the into the wood. I think that the captain, Captain Greta, may be in the vicinity of Edbert. I'm going to call it 50-50. Which still gives us a 75% chance to yes. And look at that. He is. Edbert spins around and sees Captain Greta locked in combat with another one of these guys. Captain Greta puts his man down. Boom. I think Edbert is going to lock into combat with Captain Greta, Which means greta has got to have some stats. So we're going to give him a timing of plus two. We're going to give him a strike with his saber of seven. We're going to give him a parry with that saber of six. A withstand injury of... Seven. And so they both roll timing. Here we go. Well, obviously, is going first, which means that Edbert declares first. Edbert sees him coming. Edbert is still kind of rocked from the, well, rocking of the ship, trying to get his footing, as everybody is. But he is going to try something interesting now. He, wounded though he is, is going to come up to Greta. He is going to try and faint and strike, and block, and block. He's got a shield, he has to use the shield, he just approved the shield. He's gonna use the shield. Greta's gonna anticipate this because Greta got the better timing. If he gets fainted out, he's in trouble. He's gonna have to parry for sure, and strike. He's gonna parry strike, so we go into the modifier phase now. Greta is gonna roll first, he's parrying. His parry is six, and he fails to parry, which is very good. Edbert is blocking. Edbert's new block with the shield is 10, so quite good and he will block for two. That was Edbert's block. Edbert is also now going to try and feint. He fails because his feint was five, minus one for wound penalty, minus two for multi-action penalty. Feint doesn't work, but his block certainly does, which means we go into the resolution phase. Greta acts first. He sees that Edbert has put up his shield, but it's not a very good block. So uh, Greta tries to sidestep around to slash down and hit him. Does he do so? Grada was striking at minus one for multi-action penalty, and minus two for the parry. Or the block, rather, though, that Edward did. He misses, thank goodness, with the roll of a nine. Uh, Edward reacts to this, spins around with the longsword, and goes to slash at him. He is going to be rolling at a total of minus three. Eleven minus three, which is... 98. <laughs> <laughs> Does he hit Greta? He misses Greta in that first exchange of blows. Ba, 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 ba. I'm going to do one more combat round between the two of these before we go back to the mass combat to see what happens here. If Edward can do something to Greta in this second round of his personal combat, it could have an effect. by taking out the captain or doing something to the captain here. So let's see what happened. We go back to timing. Edward rolls a one effectively and Greta rolls uh, three. So Greta again is first. Edward's not gonna try to feint again. That way it's, it's, it's too hard with the multi-action penalties, but he does need to bring him down. So Edward being Edward, Edward being Edward, that could be a shirt. <laughs> He's gonna strike twice and block once. Ooh, multi-action penalty of two. I think Greta sees this savage fury of blows about to come in and he's gonna definitely parry, but he also needs to strike at Edbert to, to knock him down. Yeah, same thing again. He's gonna, he's gonna block and strike. In the modifier phase, Greta's parry. Minus one multi-action penalty is gonna be rolling in fives. He does, so Edbert, unfortunately, is gonna have a three parry penalty to his attack. That's gonna make it much, much harder. Does Edbert block? He's gonna block in seven. Four. Okay, that's pretty good. Okay, those are the blocks and parries. We go into resolution phase. Greater Axe first. He comes in with a swing, minus one multi action, minus four parries, a total of minus five. Could be very difficult to get past Edbert's shield. He's rolling on twos. He does not get past Edbert's masterful use of the block. Meanwhile, Edbert seizes his opportunity to try and strike back at him. His strike is normally 11 with the longsword. Minus one from the wound makes it 10. Minus two from multi-action makes it 8. And minus three makes it five. Does he hit on a five? He does! He connects with greater on a five. Greater does he withstand injury of seven? Does he knock it off? He knocks off five. He knocks off all of the damage. Oh, no, not all. Not all. One. He takes one. He takes one. Because you always take one. Always forget that rule. <laughs> So, Edbert nicks Greta. Where does he nick him? He nicks him in the right leg. He kind of slashes in the right leg. It's a minor cut, but still, first blood. Well, first blood is not enough to turn the tide of combat, that is for certain. We do the second round of mass combat as the two forces clash. The ghoul now is only rolling on fives, Where's the mariners rolling on seven. They both fail. Again, they are unable to make any meaningful difference to each other. Now, obviously, you know, there's cuts and bruises and smashes and cries and stabbings and stuff, but not enough to actually change the focus of the battle. But does the storm change the focus of battle? It rolls on a six. It does not. So the storm is heaving and tossing the ship like a cork in the water, but it has so far not yet overwhelmed the ship. Okay, is there any change in the status quo between the battle between Greta and Edbert? In other words, does somebody else show up to either help or hinder him? 50-50. Is there a change in the status quo? There is. It's not an extreme, yes. So there is a change. Is it in Edbert's favor or is it in Greta's favor? One to three is good for Edbert. One, something assists with Edbert. And what it is, it's only instead of the lower. Um one of these guys here has put his man down and has come to join in the battle against Greta now. Just to resolve this quickly, I'm not going to add him as a separate combatant. What I'm going to do is basically give Edbert's stats a boost considering he's got some assistance to this. this is, it's quick and easier to do that way. We go into, once again, the battle between Captain Greta and Edbert as the storm lashes the ship. Timing roll. Basically, I'm going to give Edbert a boost to plus two to everything he does, as long as this dude is around. Let's see what happens here. Oh, 12 is a total fail, unfortunately. So once again, Greta is going to go first. Edbert is inspired by the fury and savagery of battle now that he's got a, a guy helping him. He is going to strike... Twice. No block. Captain Greta is of course going to parry this. Yeah! He's gonna strike back. He has to try. Okay, so that means that in the modifier phase, Greta goes first, so his parry, minus one multi-action penalty is gonna be five, and he rolls, and he does not parry. Edbert, there's no parry for Edbert, because he's just coming in hot. So there's no parry penalties or block penalties for anybody this round in the resolution phase. Greta goes first. He is going to be striking minus one multi-action penalty is going to be six or more. Does he hit? He does strike Edbert for three, unfortunately. So Edbert's going to do a withstand injury roll, which for him is now seven, which is very good. He rolls five, he knocks off all the damage, except for one. Unfortunately, Edbert is already at Minus one, so now he's at minus two. He takes a minor wound in the right arm. He gets slashed by the saber in the right arm. Blood mixes with the falling rainwater and vanishes immediately, being swept away, washed away over the deck. So that means that his two attacks coming in right now, with his multi-action penalty, is gonna be further affected by a two point. So it's going to, he's gonna be a total of minus three to his strikes. His first strike, coming in. He will hit with a five. Let's do the withstand injury roll for Captain Greta, which is at seven. No, Greta will take five. Greta gets put down to one with that ferocious strike to the left leg with his second attack. Also at eight, he will hit for two. Does Greta block it with three? He does, so Greta takes a further damage great is put down to zero overwhelmingly edbert has the advantage on this as him and this other crew member are able to slash and cut greater down to zero edbert has also been wounded we are going to do one more round of battle to see again if anything's going to happen that's going to influence the third round of mass combat Ooh, i don't know i don't know it's crazy timing rolls he's probably going right again uh oh 12 and 5 yeah i didn't have 14 yes so once again Just, the Great has got this saber, man. It's fast. It's swishing around like lightning. So once again, Edbert must declare, well, he knows he's got a block. (laughs) <laughs> and he can't be quite as savage now. He's going to rely a little bit on the help he's got, so he's going to block and strike. Greta is, I think he's going to shout for help, perhaps from Vale. We'll see if that works. So he is just going to parry this round. Does his shouting bear fruit? We will know at the end of this round. We will check for that. So first of all, in the modifier phase, Greta is going to parry his parry. No multi-action penalty is at six. Does he parry anything off? He does not. Ooh, that's good. He's slipping on his own blood. Edbert is going to block wait. Oh, I guess it doesn't matter because he's not being attacked, so his, his, his block is irrelevant. What matters is his strike, which is coming in right now, Greta does go first, but Greta did not declare a strike, so it is Edbert and company, Edbert and his guy, is coming in. A minor hit again, does Greta withstand the injury? He does not, so Greta takes two, Greta's put down to minus... Two. Ooh, the same as Edbert. Where does Edbert hit? him? Mean, he hit once again in the right leg. So that's bad. He's just even the playing field. I mean, it's bad for Great. It's good for Edbert. But at the end of that round, Great is going to call for help. Does it work? Does it work? He's surrounded by his men, but his men are all embattled to no effect with the ghoul's crew. So both crews are giving as good as they're getting. I think it's going to be unlikely in this case. 55. And it is, yes, he gets... Uh, it's not an extreme yes so i don't think it's veil i think she's busy fighting some other guys up here or doing something i think what that means is that another one of his fellas comes in to basically even the odds which means that edbert no longer has this plus two against Greta as the battle swirls around them now we go to the third round of mass combat edbert has knocked the captain down and the captain is calling for help i think that's gonna have some serious damage on the morale, does it? Does it have a, you know what? Yes, it has damage on the morale. I'm not even gonna roll for that, because it would make sense, that's the whole thing. The whole point of these individual combats is to influence the mass combat roll So yeah, he knocked them down to minus two, and the captain called for help, so definitely it's gonna have an effect. Which means, effectively, the Grey Mariners crew is now rolling on sixes. Mass combat, six versus five. Oh, this is bad news. Unfortunately, even considering the reduced and damaged morale as their captain gets gets slowly whittled away and butchered down piece by bloody piece by Edbert, the crew of the Mariner is able to do two damage to the ghoul's crew, which makes sense. The ghoul's crew was already wounded and already exhausted, having just uh, been put in chains for the past three days. Fighting as best they can. Here's the other question. Does the storm intervene in this? It does the storm crashes on the ship. And I think just as Edward is slashed into the leg of Greta, as he's called out for uh help, and this other guy has, has moved in to help him, taking this other drunken ghoul crewman away from the immediate combat, the storm comes in now. Half of that damage is to the ship itself. The hull which was down to five because they haven't fully repaired the hull from the battle with the drunken ghoul before the hull gets knocked down to three and the other two damage is going to be dispersed evenly among both crews which puts the gray mariner crew down to five and the ghoul crew down to two not looking good for the crew of well for anybody as this massive wave hits the side of the ship and that's kind of like breaks and shatters and threatens to fall and collapse on the, on the on the whole group of them bad news indeed well we go back now to the battle between Greta and Edbert and I think maybe they've been fighting their way up the stairs through the crowd and now have fought their way all the way here to the back of the ship. We go into a new timing phase, so they're chopping each other down bit by bit. They both, well, again, is gonna go first, unfortunately. But Edbert can smell blood. He declares first. He doesn't have his buddy anymore. So he's going to, he's got to play it safe, that minus two penalty is too brutal, he's going to block and strike Greta as well. Playing it defensively, block and parry and strike. We go into the modifier phase, Greta's going to act first with his parry of now it's effectively six minus three is three. Does he parry? He does not. Edbert's effective block, neither of them are able to block each other. Which means Greta strikes up here swinging his saber. Does he strike Edbert? He does not. Edbert is rolling an 11 minus total of 3, which is going to be, once again, 8. He hits with a 6. The withstand injury of 7. Here we go. Captain Grader, do you withstand any of it? You do not! So that means he takes 6, Grader is knocked down to minus 8 as he's hit, and the left hand he goes to swing at edbert edbert does not block it but counter strikes at the same time catching oh god with a minus eight too probably severing hacking off a couple of greatest fingers as they go spitting up into the storm and disappearing to, <laughs> to go feed the fish in the ocean greatest screams in agony he is at minus eight his total strike is seven which means he is Defeated as he goes down, he sinks to his knees and puts his hand, his wounded hands up. Uh, uh, uh. Well, that's gonna make an excellent, excellent case to give an advantage to the ghoul's crew. I would say an overwhelming advantage. What's happening with Vale over here? Mmm, we shall see. We go into the next bit of the crew combat. The ghoul crew will n- now be back up to five. A plus three bonus because the captain is down. Morale begins to crumble, rippling like a wave through the crew as they realize their captain is dead, put down, has surrendered. That's even worse. These are equal rolls. Fives on fives. Oh, and nothing done. Nothing done. The battle continues to rage. Back and forth back and forth and the storm the storm comes in with an attack of two which means the hull goes down to two and whoa there's only one point left is it to the Mariners crew or is it to the ghouls crew I'm just gonna roll the d12 High this time is good for the ghouls crew so so uh, 7 to 12 uh, it's good for the ghoul it is good for the ghoul or good for the gander. What's good for the ghoul is good for the gander. Which means the Grey Mariner's crew goes down to four for the first time. The ghoul has taken the upper hand, which again makes sense, but it's not necessarily because the captain has been put down. It's because the storm is beginning to tear the Grey Mariner apart. It's down to two hull. I have to ask, what happened to Vale? This is a 75% chance of a yes answer. Does she appear, or in some way, show up here and interfere with it? His... Oh! <laughs> Seventy-six! She does not, which is really good, because if she showed up, she could've really... She could've really fucked up, uh. but we're pretty bad there. I think what he's got to do now is he's... he's... he's for... he's defeated the captain, so I think he's gonna try and yell over the storm, and, and try and get the word to spread very quickly, DRAID US DOWN AND SURRENDERED! The rest of you do the same. Throw down your weapons and help us right the ship or else we're all dead. Do you understand? (laughs) Does he get the crew of the Grey Mariner to surrender? I think this roll, I think this needs luck. He is going to spend a luck point on this, so his current APs are now going down to two, which means he's going to add three to this roll. So he's rolling an Intimidate now on a total of nine. Does he get the Grey Mariner's crew to surrender? He does, he does, it's not a great roll. So I think what that's gonna mean is, he does get them to surrender, but the crew of the drunken ghoul is gonna take further damage before the, the news of the surrender basically goes across the the totality of the ship, so that the crew is basically going to go down, down to four. The crew of the Mariner sees what's happened. They see that their captain has been defeated in combat, missing a few fingers, those those men who are up on the aft can see that. Edbert has intimidated them into, not only throwing down their arms, but getting back to saving this ship from the storm under presumably his leadership. I don't know, he's not much of a leader, but Here's a question. What happened to Nikola? Is he still around? Was he put down? Was he killed? Who can say, is Nikola able to take control of this situation? Very unlikely. I think something might have happened to him. Chaos factor 7, 50% chance of a yes. No, which means we don't know what happened to Nikola, but he will take no part of the writing of the ship, which means it falls to Edbert. Edbert doesn't know anything about how his ship runs. His command sucks sucks his command is two <laughs> two mm. the hull is also at two the storm is still raging he has to get these men organized he who does not have command experience who does not have experience commanding a ship he has to rely only on his luck he has two ap's remaining I'm going to spend both of them to add six to this roll. Oh boy, which means his command is at eight. If he succeeds, he is able to command and organize these men despite the circumstances to get back to work to prevent the the ship from being overwhelmed by the storm. If he fails, the storm will get another attack on the ship. This could be all the marbles right here. Eight or less. Six plus two is eight. He succeeds. <laughs> he would have succeeded even without the luck. So which tells me it's not his luck that does it. It is his 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 blatant force of will. Also, I think maybe Edward's a quick learner. He's studied how Nicola handled his men. He's even studied how Greta handled his men, and maybe he learns from it. He begins to shout orders and instructions, nautical terminology that he's picked up. I don't really know it. You know, hoist the main mizzen and, and yar the, the sails and <laughs> all this stuff. But whatever the case is, the crew has to save the ship, which they do, thankfully. Now, the storm is still raging, and it takes them, oh, probably the next few hours of working enemy with enemy. The crew, the crews of both ships, manage to, manages to weather the storm. And I think the storm maybe abates a little bit, but it is hours and hours and hours of fighting. The men are all exhausted, wounded, and exhausted from this fight. So by the time the ship emerges from the storm, I think it's nighttime. I think the stars finally come out, stars they haven't seen in days. The ship is struggling through the waves its sails hanging in tatters, its main mast cracked. The men are all totally exhausted, so exhausted they can't even think about mounting a counterattack, like the, the men of the, the Grey Mariner. But they are rounded up, you know, slowly. Because uh, remember, the, the crew of the Grey Ghoul is just as exhausted, so it's, a, it's sort of a half-hearted attempt. But they are able to round the men up and basically put the, the, the crew of the Mariner in the hold, in chains. And this time, Edward makes sure that no one has the key but him, he learns from the mistakes. What happened to Vale? We're gonna find out in a second, but let's end that scene. Mutiny on the Mariner, that thread is closed. Were there any new characters? No, no new characters, no new threads. So we're just gonna go into the next scene. Oh yeah, and the chaos factor, of course. I think it goes down. The crew of the Drunken Ghoul now fully in control of the ship, still exhausted. There's a couple things we need to know going into this scene. Is it interrupted or altered? Chaos factor six, 10, no, it is not. So there's a couple things that Edbert needs to find out immediately. As soon as the ship is free of danger, Edbert looks around and he's looking for Vale. Is it possible that Vale, seeing the tides turn very quickly, is it possible that she had some sort of escape plan? She was pretty confident of her success in this endeavor. I'm going to say it's unlikely she did. Unlikely she did. She did not, which means she is still on board. Was she wounded? I'm gonna call that somewhat likely that she suffered some kind of wounds. Uh, yeah, she did, but, but barely. Here's the big one. Nicola. how bad are his wounds? I'm gonna say unlikely that he's on death's door. He is not. Okay, that's good. He was wounded, he was, he was put down bad, but he is able to recover. Vale is also now taken captive by the crew. She's disarmed. She's put in chains, put in manacles. She's very, very dangerous. As the crew are, you know, exhaustedly rounding up the crew of the the Mariner and and putting them in chains and and taking them down to the hold to lock them up, Carlos is brought up from the hold, wounded as he is. And Vale and Carlos stand side by side in front of Edbert and Captain Nicola. He goes up to Carlos who he last saw after smashing a cutting board over his head. Give me one good reason why I shouldn't throw you overboard right now, bloody traitor. He's defiant, Carlos. Wicked Carlos is defiant. And he's, he looks directly at uh, Captain Nicola and he says, you may do to me whatever you wish. Only know this, what I did, I did for love. <laughs> vale, standing next to him, just kind of gives him the side eye a little bit, but doesn't actually respond. She knows the score, she knows what's going on here, but I don't know what her feelings for him is. I don't know what that is. She's got bigger fish to fry at the moment than that. I'll decide what happens to you later. But for now, put him in the old with the others. And they clap him in irons and take him down to the hold. Once again. <laughs> and what of this one? If you ask me, she's much too dangerous to be allowed to live. Aye, I think you're right about that. But he kind of looks her up and down. She is defiant. Again, she has this un, un, unreadable expression in her face. We know that Vale is menacing, so she, she stares directly back at Edbert. You know, looking at this, based on their expressions alone, you would have no idea that it is Vale who is the prisoner here. She carries herself with this almost regal nature, like she is still somehow in charge, even though it is clear she is not. I will decide what to do with her later. We can't leave this viper on board alive. If we were so easily able to effect our own escape, how long do you think it'll be until she does the same thing? I'm not saying we keep her on board the ship, Captain. I'm saying that there's another thing we can do. He looks directly at Vale. She, for a second, her facade cracks like, what? I think we need to look at the charts to see where we are. They leave Vale in the custody of several of the men while Edbert and Nicola go into the captain's quarters where they begin to study Greta's charts. Nicola is able to read them no problem. He's an experienced captain. Shortly after that, Edbert and Nicola come out. Vale, on her knees, in chains, head held high, proudly, menacingly, menacing the rest of the crew that are sent to, to keep an eye on her. They're very unnerved by her. Edward comes out. You're not gonna die here today, Vale. Although... You've earned that. I am not going to have your blood on my hands. Because like it or not, believe it or not, Sherilyn's blood is not on mine. And I'll be damned if I'm going to have your friends decide that your blood is on my hands too. So, we're heading to a small island. Be there in a few hours. On that island, I'm going to set you. And your lover, Carlos, and probably the rest of this crew as well of the Grey Mairn. She kind of looks at him. Again, unreadable expression in her eyes. I believe uh, the term, what is it, Captain? Marooned. I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to have you on board this ship plotting against me either. That is going to be your fate. I don't think she says anything. I think she just nods as though this is all part of her plan anyway. Are you certain you want to leave an enemy crew alive like that? It is possible that someone comes along and finds them on that island. Aye, that could be the case. But if it is the case, then let it be in the guards' hands, for I am washing my hands of Veil. Captain Nicola gives the order to set sail for these coordinates on this uh, small island. And a few hours later, they arrive. It's the middle of the night. group, small groups of men of the Grey Mariner crew are ferried over to the island and left there. As they are about to bring Captain Grada, however, Edward steps in and says, not him. Because remember, he was on this ship. Presumably Grada was the captain when that happened because it wasn't all that long ago. You want to keep him on board? In the past few hours, Captain Nicolette, this ship has started to become familiar to me. I'm certain I was on it, and I think it has something to do with how I got here in the first place. This man, this Captain Grader, he's the only one that might be able to give me some answers about that. So I want him to stay where I can uh, ask him some questions. So they keep Captain Greta as a prisoner, but the rest of them, Vale, Carlos, and the rest of the crew of the Grey Mariner are ferried across and marooned on this island. Before she goes, as she's getting into the boat with the rest of the men, she says to Edbert, I think you know that you haven't seen the last of me, Edward. (laughs) Frankly, Vale, one countin' on it. As the boat is pulling away, Carlos as well pipes up. I as well will find you, Albert, and exact my revenge! Edward just watches them leave. Well, that brings that scene to an end. Chaos Factor gonna go down to five. Were there any new threads? Yeah, Vale and Carlos marooned. In the captain's quarters later, Captain Nicola has rearranged a few things to make the ship more uh, amenable to him and his his haggard, haggard, tired crew. Edward is sitting across the table from him. One thing's for certain, Edward. This ship and its crew are in no condition to weather another storm or to survive a fight should one come our way. We need to put into a port somewhere. I think that uh, Stormsworth is the closest one. No, Captain, that's not. That's where Vale wanted to take me. I think that the rest of her order might be lying waiting for me there. We need to go somewhere else. Well, it's not like Stormsworth is the only port in these parts. I'll have to find a new one. But uh, in the meantime, we'll do what repairs we can and have these men get some much-deserved rest. Aye, Captain. Much deserved rest. And as he says that, and the rest of the crew begins to, you know, do uh, affect what repairs they can on the sea. Edbert, looking out on the bow of the ship as they ply their way through the waves towards some new port. His first thought is about the conversation he just had with the captain about the crew getting some rest. And he thinks to himself, rest, rest, that he has been able to have these past few months only because Spirit Bay has not yet returned. But we know, as does he, that she will. It is just a matter of time, which leads him to his second thought. Is it possible that Captain Nicola might be able to help him get rid of this ghost? Now, the only reason he thinks this is because he knows that Captain Nicola has a treasure map, but it was never decided or never discussed as to what that treasure was. It's possible that this treasure is not Buried gold, gems, silver. It is possible this treasure is altogether something different. This treasure might be something that is not only not material goods, but also could be, possibly, a key to Edbert finding a permanent solution to the dissolution of Sherilyn's spirit bed. But if that is the case, we are not going to find out till next time. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, if you like the show, please do hit like and subscribe. And if you want to help the show on Patreon, I very much appreciate it. We will see you next time on the next episode of Me, Myself, and Die.